Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA. And I'm joined today by three other lovely folks, but this wonderful broadcast is going to be brought to you today by Tervis, our good friends over at Tervis. Uh, they've been around for quite a while and, uh, you know, they started back 75 years ago. They're actually celebrating 75 years of business, which is awesome. But uh, in line with today's conversation, talking about sustainability, uh, look, they've got the, the, the hashtag take your service. Uh, it's another way that they use social media to promote sustainability. Uh, they've actually partnered with Four Oceans uh, for a beach cleanup on Siesta Key, according to Four Oceans, which does the cleanups year round and across the world. This was their largest turnout with 1,343 registered participants, and they were able to collect and count the following 144 straws, 5,877 cigarettes, 463 plastic bottles, 187 plastic cutlery. Uh, 355 plastic bags, 234 plastic or foam cups, 1,346 bottle caps. It's crazy. It's a, a huge amount of stuff they were able to pick up and clean up off of our beaches. Uh, so good for them in practicing sustainability. Uh, look, they're passionate about their oceans and they care about the creatures who call it home and they're committed to making it a better place. And they have been for 72 years, not just because it's the cool hip thing to do and or helps sell, you know, tumblers, but because it's the right thing to do. Um, so please be sure to go over there check them out, support them at tervispromos.com. You won't be sorry that you did. Um, why don't we say hello to Stephen McFadden with Perfect Promotions and More down in Apex, North Carolina. How are you? Hey, uh, you're saying hey or is that i mean the question <laughs> how are you typically an answer but it's uh, i guess that's true. Wasn't, wasn't wasn't that rhetorical <laughs> i'm good i'm all right <laughs> yeah i'm wondering if we should just leave this part of the podcast out because it is kind of the same answer every week isn't it yeah well not really yeah. usually i got something to let's kick it i'm gonna kick it to meg then because she's got something to say meg you're glowing today how great are you feeling I'm, I mean, I still feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is crazy because like yeah. it's a week later and I'm still like, you know, but whatever, Nothing you know, Steven over there, he's like got one arm. Apparently he's like, I got an infection. Oh, can't, can't do, do my TikTok videos. <laughs> oh, yeah, Meg, where, where was the TikTok dance this week? No TikTok dancing. Meg's, uh, Meg's legs couldn't, couldn't do another week of that. No? No. <laughs> Uh-oh. You guys already told me that I should have taken one more take. So <laughs> to... I mean, it's true. That was mean, Jeff. I can't believe you yeah. said that. I mean, it's it's true. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, we're also joined today by Glencora Twig. Glencora, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me today, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to talk about sustainability and all things sustainable products. But uh, before we do that, you know, it's sort of commonplace for us around here to uh, to give our special guests a good three to four minutes uh, to introduce themselves, tell us how they got started in the promotional products industry, and sort of what you've been up to since. Sure, uh, three to four minutes. What a what a runway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love long format. It's not like three to four characters. Um, so let's see, who am I? 
I uh, spent 20 years, you know, of, of my career in um, sustainable fashion and product development. So I've been with uh, Fairwear Promotional Products for about four years now. Um, currently actually on maternity leave. Wonderfully in Canada, we get up to 18 months to be home with our little ones. Uh, I decided awesome. to look that and um, I will be returning to Fairwear uh, full-time in the fall. And uh, sort of in the interim, we've been staying in touch and trying to figure out our way through this madness and, um, you know, the, the pandemic and everything. But uh, let's see, before I joined Fairwear, I was an entrepreneur. So I owned a store and a fashion line here in Vancouver on one of our sort of like main strips, Main Street. And uh, we were called Pig and Hottie Boutique and We Three Designs. And we represented Canadian local sustainable fashion. Um, also uh, fashion from other places in the world as long as it's sustainable. Um, and then we built our own brand from all sustainable materials. So that's really where I earned my chops. Um, I learned on the go. I don't have a degree in um, sustainability. My background is um, psychology and then fashion design. I'm currently pursuing my MBA part-time just to put a cherry on the top. Um, and then uh, we were closing up the businesses. We had just sort of decided that we'd gotten to the end of the road, that our learning curve was over and wanted to move on as a team. And that's when I found Fairware. So I didn't, I fell into this industry. I actually didn't even know that this industry existed. Um, as a designer, I always think of, you know, starting from scratch. So, you know, the whole decorating onto pre-made products was really new to me. Um, but it was great when I joined um, the team at Fairware because I had such strong product knowledge and how things were made. So I could really explain that out to my clients and why they could and couldn't do the things that they wanted to do. And, um, and then I just learned a ton about all the different ways that we can decorate and how sustainability um, comes alive in the decoration as well. So I feel like I've sort of fleshed out the full, you know, designer skill set in terms of um, sustainable knowledge um, through that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's it's always really cool to ask how people got their start in the industry because it is super random most of the time. Most people don't necessarily know about the industry going through school, uh, you know, which is something I think our industry really needs to change. Um, and I, I know that we've they've tried for sure to get it in curriculum and things like that. But, you know, it's a $25 billion industry that's, you know, basically a paragraph in a, in a marketing book. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, but and just on the note of curriculum, I do put it, I teach on the side in the fashion degree programs and uh, the marketing streams. And I have put it in my curriculums for that very Ooh. reason. Um, industry for all of our fashion marketing grads out there. It's such a wonderful place for them to play. So, yeah, that's really cool. Good for you. All right. Well, we are talking sustainability today and uh, obviously, you know, whether or not it's a trend or a staple. And so ultimately, uh, you know, it's, it's been around for a little while, but it's becoming more and more popular. Is this, is this something that's got staying power? Is this, uh, you know, is it, is it a trend or is it going to stick around for forever? Like how, how important is sustainability? Well, I mean, I've been working in sustainability for about 20 years in the product space. And, you know, there is a long legacy that leads me. Um, you know, sustainability was a conversation that started in the 60s, really, in the 70s. And so what are we, is it here to stay? Well, it's never really gone away. It's sort of like this, like, little spiral that started really small in terms of the people that cared about it. And now the spiral is growing. And each time it revolves around and it grows and it gets bigger and more people um, get, get an 
understanding of why sustainability is important and grasple, grapple with the issues and struggle with how to apply it in their lives and in their businesses. And it's not a one shoe fits all scenario. It's not, um, uh, an end game. It's not like this one thing that you do and, and then it's over. It's an iterative design process of, uh, you know, getting to know what sustainability is and building the programs and figuring out how it applies to you and your organization. So I personally think it's really important. Um, I understand the people who don't see it as important that see it as contrary to capitalism or growth or business. Um, I have a different story. I believe that, um, you know, with our unique promises that we make as businesses, there's a space for this conversation and this type of product. And I think it's a growing space. So if people care about making money, this is a place I think that they can, not that you should do it for the making money business, but sometimes that's the metric why, what that people need. That's my fault this time. <laughs> See, this new API with uh, with the Facebook is really screwing me up. I can't read comments. I can't log on. And I think I screwed up the share this week because, uh, yeah. So anyhow, it'll be on po Promo Corner, but I don't think it's going to be live on Promo Corner. <laughs> it's going to be live on Facebook, but we'll... we'll it's, I, it's, it's live not. on my page. And wow. for whatever reason, I can't get it to uh, to switch back over to Promo Corner. So All right. We'll figure it out. No worries. Yeah. No worries. It'll be it there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Glencora, I know you and I in the past, um, we've been on a couple, well, one, but it felt like it was a long time because we did so much back and forth with it, but we did a uh, webinar together about a month or so ago, and it was on selling sustainability and was promo cares and promo kitchen. And I feel like it's, it's really important to mention that everybody is in a different point in their journey when it comes to sustainability. Um, in my journey, it started two years ago, and I talk about this all the time because uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Russ Ross Greenstein from California, he gave me a call one day and he was like, Meg, what's your most sustainable t-shirt? And I'm like, oh, okay, it looks like it's the, uh, you know, whatever one that was that I sent him, it has like 6% plastic or recycled plastic in it, whatever. And he comes back, he's like, Meg, I need you to think greener. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I mean, like 7%. <laughs> and he really wanted me to break it down. Like, um, for instance, how much uh, water usage was used in the dyeing process? Um, how many emissions are sent to the air? Uh, where was the cotton? The cotton. Where is the cotton source? So there's a bunch of different things that go into making a sustainable or eco-friendly T-shirt, not just necessarily the fabrication or what is in the fabrication. Mm -hmm. So then send me on this journey, and then every, you know, everything since then kind of revolved around that conversation. Um, we've started demanding more from our, our mills, our partners. You know, every year we have a a product preview, and the last product preview we went into. The first 15 minutes of every um, brand was about sustainability and what they were doing differently and what they've changed in their practices. And it's really incredible to see where, where nobody was really, it wasn't the forefront a couple of years ago um, because of maybe how much things cost or maybe where they were in their journey. But as of the last two years, I, we've just seen such a big push. Which brings me back to, you know, back in the middle in 2000s, there was a really big push back then eco-friendly bag, eco-friendly pens, eco-friendly this, but when we get the products, they were, A, they weren't very well quality. B, they were so expensive that, yeah, people wanted to be eco-friendly, but their self-preservation kind of took over and they decided, well, that's great and all, but it's like $4 more for that t-shirt or that notebook. And then you get the pen and it doesn't even write. So I feel like people in the promotional products industry at least kind of 
steered away from it a little bit, but now with that spiral and it's coming back around and we're hitting it and then there's more and more companies that are having these CSR plans. You have these more service providers or these boards like promo cares that I'm on that, that one of the founding pillars is sustainability. So when you have so many different people talking about it, um, it, it becomes more of a trend that people want to hop onto, but we're saying this isn't a trend. This is here to stay. This is how you should be living your life. Start changing things from, you know, the shirts that you're wearing to the, the products that you're buying. Maybe when you buy in bulk versus like the every little tiny shampoo bottle, those little things start to make a difference, which brings me back to the conversation we had previously with Patagonia, which has been a big upset in this industry in a good way and in a bad way. I get both because I'm on both sides and I love Stephen smiling because I think he has something to say about it too. But um, Stephen, do you want to ask a question first or I just rattled on. I wanted to put that in Glencora's mind that we're going to talk about it, but did you want to say something first? Yeah, I mean, I do, but I think before I get into that, because I don't want to go straight into. Uh, your mic just cut out, Stephen. Mike, Stephen, wait. Your, your mic just cut out. And he's gone. <laughs> It must be that infection in his arm. This is oh, not. Can you, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. <clears throat> and now we can't hear you. Oh, man. It, this is just not a good week. <laughs> this, is, this, wasn't, this is me every week, literally. So I get it. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to Steven. Glencore, why don't you go ahead and, and then we'll figure him out in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to, you know, as you were chatting about like the early 2000s cycling of the products coming in, you know, I think at that time people were like, oh, it just needs to be eco-friendly. And they forgot that it also needs to be beautiful. People have to like connect to the product in a way that they want to be like, oh yeah, I would actually use that or wear that and put that on my kitchen table or put it in my purse and not be ashamed to pull that out. And I think that was something that was really missing and why sort of eco sustainability got that bad rap um, in the product space, because it was like, you know, people still say, oh, you mean it's like burlap? Um, and it's like, if, if it's not good looking, nobody's going to buy it or want right. it or use it. And so it's actually kind of perpetuating the same problem because yes, speaking about the fabrication, that's one aspect of it, but uh, you know, the emissions from your factory, your shipping, that's a huge one that we can control and attend to um, no matter who we are in the, um, the industry. And um, you know, people just kind of forgot about those, those additional parts of sustainability. It's like, it's a big conversation there's multiple nodes. Um, it's like a project management process, right? Like every gate, there's something to talk about in terms of sustainability, whether that's emissions or environment or ethics, you know, like we like to connect the ethical side of uh, the conversation in with the material side of it, because they do go hand in hand. People who care about the world care about the people in the world, not just the materials that they're using or their, you know, GHGs and carbon emissions and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's really the full picture. Um, and I, you know, thanks for returning us to that, like the concept of being on the journey, because it really, it is kind of that it doesn't matter where you are. Like if you, if you're not open to the conversation, that's okay. Like nobody's trying to ram this down your throat, or at least I'm not. Um, it's something that you have to come to on your own. It's a choice. And if you're there, you're there. And if you're not, you're not. And as you learn more, you get to be better and better about your practices as the person and you get to advocate for it better within the places that we work and have influence. So um, yeah, it really is about the process and the journey. 
that actually brings up some really good questions uh, from my own perspective that I'd love to ask then, because I'm, I'm in no means an expert, but you'd mentioned these other ways of characterizing sustainability. So I'd love to ask like what really defines sustainable because you know, my factory, we are a CDEX four pillar audited factory. Uh, so, you know, that in and of itself, you know, plays into the ethics and, and, you know, emissions and things like that. So um, I, I would love to know how you would go about selling that because before when I thought sustainability, I would just think, you know, an eco-friendly or recycled fabric or something along those lines. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that and how you would, how you would use that in a, in a sales pitch? Yeah. I mean, for me, the way I like to sell is um, on the phone. You know, I don't like sustainability is really hard to talk about in bullet points on an email. It comes across as flat. Um, so I'm always on the phone with my clients. And uh, I, I talk them through it bit by bit, but really what I try to do first is I try to connect with the values of their organization. Uh, they're like, you know, there's so many different ways that we can implement sustainability or ethical practices. And so what is any one company trying to tackle? Uh, you know, is it ocean waste? Um, and are they cleaning up our beaches? Or are they concerned about air quality? Um, are they concerned about uh, waste and landfill and um, you know recyclability and product life cycle and what that looks like? So um, you have to really look at the company you're working with, connect with them and the brand, the the values that they have as a brand, and then speak to those values and find products that continue that story and extrapolate it. And if you can get them to think a little bit deeper and say, "Oh, hey, did you think about this? It's connected to your mission." And, and flesh that picture out a little bit for them and with them, then it just gets them thinking about how they can iterate and to do better. So, you know, we do, we, we, when we onboard our clients, we talk them through our code of conduct process that we have. So we work directly with our manufacturers and suppliers and understand um, certain aspects of how they do business at the factory level, the manufacturing level. How do they manage their wastewater? How do they manage um, their people? How do they manage their, uh, like, are they using any kind of alternative forms of energies? Are they um, what's their impact? Are they working with community programs? Um, so there's so many different things that they can be doing. So, um, you know, if we have a, a company, for instance, that wants to be carbon neutral, then maybe we would try to work with an organization that's doing carbon neutral practices at the factory level. And then after that, you talk about the product, and then you get into the materiality and the fabrication specifications, which um, it's not so much about how it's made, but what it's made out of, and then the end of life of that product. So can that product be returned? Can it be recycled? Is it compostable? What does compostable really mean? So really that end of life conversation is really important right now. Um, and that's a place where brands can have a strong impact and a deepening conversation with their end clients. So if we can lead them to essentially a marketing campaign around their products, then that's even better for everybody. Interesting. I, I mean, I have a ton of other questions. I know, Stephen, we want to try to get back to you to see if you... If Sorry. You <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I'll, um, I'll put the Patagonia question out there then, because I think we covered a lot of what um, sustainability is. But, you know, as, as it relates to kind of the comments that kind of came out afterwards, a lot of the reason they, they chose to pull from the promotional products industry was if a product is branded it will reduce the, the shelf life because if you leave the company or if whatnot, it's going to just be thrown away. And um, 
I think that raises just a bigger picture of like, where does that stop and where does that argument stop, right? Because if adding brands to products inevitably reduces their longevity, should all products just be blank then, right? Like what's, there's still a value to adding decoration to pieces as we know. And I think everyone has talked about the shirt they still own from a past company or a past event. So I, I don't necessarily buy that argument. Like I think in, in a lot of distributors would push back and say, that's that basically flies in the face of a lot of good research that shows that pieces still get worn and still have value with logos on them. So I'm not saying I'm taking a don't use an eco-friendly piece perspective, because I think that's an option. Um, I just don't know if I buy the reason. <laughs> so, and I think that's a fair, fair question just to say like, where, where does it go? I think let me just step in really quickly on that. I, so something that Ashley had, had corrected me on our last podcast is I, I talked about what the ROI is at the end of the day, you know, sure. do you want to buy a cheap t-shirt and see and, and throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks? Or do you want to spend a little bit more money up front and build yeah, out a nicer fine. piece, right? Or put the logo on it. But then she, she corrected me and said, it's not about ROI about a return on emotion. These promotional products serve as a memory from an event or something that took place that, you know, so I love that too, but keep that in mind. Like it's a, there is a return on investment on any promotional product that you give away. And I know Bobby, he was smiling too. So I think that's part of his like. Oh, and I a hundred percent agree with that, but if <laughs> it doesn't have any branding on it anymore, it's not a promotional product. Oh no, no, I don't even yeah, it's a wholesale item. I told <laughs> so. Bella Canvas, they send us these sweatshirts every month. And I'm like, I like them, but I don't need another blank sweatshirt. Like throw a logo on it. And then look what we got. So right. I guess that's just the general, that's the, the big picture point of view. And I didn't know if you had a take on that or a perspective on that that might help some clarity or where does the rabbit hole end kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm, I mean, I think the first thing that we want to acknowledge is that Patagonia is an activist brand in its DNA. It always has been. It's the premise of how they started business. And so as that brand, they need to always be looking after number one and who they are in the primary industry which they operate, which is their direct-to-customer fashion space or apparel space, if not quite fashion, right? Like their you know, business in promo is, is a second business line to them. Um, and they need to be um, future-proofing themselves. And they are have always been and always will be, hopefully, a leader to point an arrow to what the future looks like. Um, so I, I love that about Patagonia, that it's not about the money for them. Um, and look at how much money they make. <laughs> yeah. like they do really well because they're so strong in their position and people know that they can really trust them when they buy them. Um, but, you know, to talk to the specific point about decoration, I think there are ways to decorate that make oh, yeah. people want to hold on to them. And it, it means getting creative. And this, we spoke 100%. about this in our, our previous webinar. It's like the superpower of creativity often gets lost in this space because of the pace. And, you know, people are like, oh, we've got this awesome marketing event. And they, oh man, we just like, we're just only getting to our product now to support it. And they really should have opened the conversation like two months earlier if they wanted to do something really interesting and yeah. cool. And it's an almost like an afterthought, but it's actually what makes the whole thing come together visually, which then is what we get posted on social media. It's so critical mm -hmm. and it gets 
forgotten. So how can we be creative? And it means getting away from logo wear. And I think, you know, at the corporate level, people want to put their logo on everything. Well, let's put it somewhere where it's, um, you know, not so front and center, but it still creates that emotional connection. So, I mean, we spoke about this, like put your, um, put it on the inside on a pocket, um, put it on the back of your, neck or something like that put it on a hip don't make it front and center so that people yeah. don't have a walking billboard feeling uh, when you're working for a company you're getting paid you want to walk down the street wearing their jacket no problem but when you're not getting paid on the weekends or whatever some people don't care but a lot of people do we have our own brands as people that we prop up everywhere we go and everything that we do so if brands think that we're going to be a billboard for them and take the personal clout that i have cultivated for myself and lend that to them without getting paid they're probably mistaken about that you know i don't want to <laughs> come out too strong but they're mistaken yeah <laughs> if, you, if you don't put your marketing the advertising from that that product you're you're really only you know giving that impression to the wearer you know it's not being you know, given to anybody else. So, I mean, at what point do companies, if they have to do that, do they just stop doing promo? Well, so I guess whose logo is really important and who knows that logo, right? Like it takes uh, something to become a Nike where you can put a swoosh on something and not have your name with it and have people know who you are and recognize. Yeah. Like a lot of these corporate companies are not recognizable at that logo level. Um, so why wouldn't they start a conversation and then the person who's wearing it can be so engaged and be like, oh yeah, isn't it beautiful? I love that they did this amazing artwork on it. And this is the company that's thinking this way. And I'm really passionate about working for them because they're not thinking, they're thinking outside of the box or, um, they're not forcing me to be a clone. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways to approach it. And the, the impression per, you know, logo is, um, I don't know. I mean, it's important and it, but it's not what really is driving people to get their merch. They want their sales team to show up and look really good. And yeah, that's a place where you definitely need a logo. Um, but if you're at an event and you want to hand out um, t-shirts, it's about that emotional connection, as Meg was saying, and about that connection to the event, to the people you shared that time with and the impact that you had. Often these are fundraisers, charitable things. Connect with that. How do you make that look beautiful? And then people will always tell your story. The word of mouth is more powerful than a logo impression. Sure. Yeah. This is my hold you face to everybody. One thing I love, um, Glencore, that you started to say, but um, I wanted to touch more on it is that you did these jackets for somebody um, and you printed a, a message on the inside of the jacket. And can you yeah. talk to that and why you did it and why or why the company decided to do that? And um, just, I love the idea and I thought it was really special. Well, I can't claim it. It was a vendor that brought that idea to me. Uh, and I, pardon me being on maternity leave a year away from my seat. I can't remember who the vendor was. I wish I could prop them right now. Um, but yeah, they put the mission statement for the organization. You know, mission statements are really important and they should be a guiding light for everybody who works for the company. And they put that on the inside of the jacket. So every time that person put the jacket on, they reconnected to the mission that they're on when they're at work. And that's important. We all want to go to work every day and feel like we're making a difference, or at least that we feel connected to the work that we're doing. Right. I think gone are the days that people just show up and cash a paycheck. And that just, um, I mean, of course, Paychecks are important. And sometimes that's why we go to work. Don't get me wrong. I get it. Um, but 
it is important to acknowledge that people are looking for more in their jobs too, um, especially with the younger generations that are coming up. Uh, there's no uh, disconnecting them from their personal life and their professional life. So by making it hidden and making it secret, it allowed the company to have that impression without that person feeling like they were over the top. Um, you know, like you couldn't put that on like the back of a jacket or something like that. Um, that would just be, be overkill, right? <laughs> You know, is that you can, you know, drive impressions is like, could you add like an FSC certified or a recycled paper hang tag onto the garment so that when the person gets the piece, they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. And they have, there's a little bit of a story about the vendor, about the, the garment, the fabrication, the materials, the reason why, and then they have that story to tell and it's not necessarily all over the garment. We also know that decorating is expensive, right? Mm. Um, in screen printing, it's like, it's a plastics-based ink. It's not the most environmentally friendly. Water-based is better if we can get there. It's a little bit more expensive. It's not as versatile. Uh, doesn't adhere to everything. It shows through, but you know, there's ways that you can, you know, get your logo and your message out there without it being logo wear. I personally like water-based inks better than plasticizer ink. Awesome. On, especially on a t-shirt. It feels yeah. much better. Softer. Feel yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Would well, you guys have any other questions on sustainability? I'm sure, you know, I've Glencore, obviously you're very well versed uh, and you know, the 20 years tenure that you have doing it uh, certainly shows. I would love to ask you another 50 questions, but I know we're, we're going to be cut on time. So do you guys have any other important topics or questions you'd like to bring up before we. Uh, well, I up? will, I will post, I have some resources from our previous podcast and webinar that we did. I will post those resources under this once this goes live or wherever this is now or whenever I'll post them there. Um, her boss, Denise, had actually sent over a bunch of stuff prior to as well, which were great resources. And I think it's just, just be aware that you, there's always a good time to start. You know, like I said before, everyone's in a different part of their journey. You could do things as simple as just using, re reusing your boxes when you're on a manufacturing, um, or sorry, when you're on a, so SNS, we can't, we don't manufacture our own goods. So we have to rely on our partners. So what we can do was um, we, we implemented a giving back program. We have the solar panels, we have the water refilling stations, we have the recycling stations. And I talk about Bella Canvas all the time where they have this one trash can in their entire warehouse and, or their dying cutting center. And they kind of shame you if you use it, you know, mm -hmm. all of their scraps, they go to dog beds and pillow stuffing. So they're, everybody can do something a little bit different. Like, like Glencora said, it could be just giving back or doing something to help the community, you know? It's, so if you aren't doing it now and you would like more info on how to, um, definitely check out promocares.org. That's also a great resource, but we'll post some more after this is all finished. Okay. Yeah, and I would just like to say too, like sustainability can be a bit intimidating. Like there's a lot of people who push back against it just because it feels um, too much. Uh, it's hard. It's, it, yeah, it's hard or like, I don't understand it. And like, my dad's gonna get mad at me because he, you know, doesn't believe in it or something, right? Like, so just start small, start small and find somebody to guide you and hold your hand. There's lots of nice people out here who advocate for this stuff in a nice way. Absolutely. Now, Meg, I know before the show, you typically give the, uh, the the spiel. Did we cover rapid fire or do we want to skip this week? Glencore, are you comfortable with just coming up with a rapid fire question on the spot for us? We won't make you go first. <laughs> I can Definitely try. Okay. All right. I think we should do Steven first since he... Uh... Since his computer's not working today. Well, his, his mic's going to go out on us again conveniently. 
See, he's just he's mouthing right now. <laughs> lying. <laughs> is your mic really not working? Oh shit, he actually is froze again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the Meg Herber uh, freeze frame. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Favorite animal. There we go. Favorite. Right, what's your favorite animal? Um, I'll go first. I, I, I mean, we never really had one, but I would say the manatee is so special. So freaking special. They come right up to you and they trust you. And they're just these big animals that look dangerous, but they're not, they don't. Decals. Very nice. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could answer this very, uh, simply and just say dogs. Cause that's, you know, who doesn't love a, a dog, but, um, I right, man, I'm gonna go with dog because there's too many other too many other animals that I like to narrow them down. What kind of dog though? Um, specific. That's, see, that's that's a whole other question. You know, I, I think Stephen only gets one question. So yeah, that was it. Your, Glenn Corey, yours can be what what's your favorite type of dog? Well, well, I'm I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. Um, but my favorite animal is definitely a mermaid. Uh, a mermaid isn't it a human that is actually what they, they think the manatees that were or something there's like some correlation between them what's your oh, favorite? To totally yeah my my favorite animal is the unicorn i changed my answer there you go right it's the unicorn um i'm gonna go with polar bear mm. cool very cool all right, all right. uh you want to go jeff uh no go ahead all right. What's your uh, most favorite uh, sustainable promotional product? Damn you, Megan. <laughs> Drinkware. All right. I'll go first while you guys think. I'll go first while you guys think. So, um, oh, drink, I'll go ahead. Drink, drink, drinkware. I like paper straws, Meg. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> All right. So anybody that doesn't my, know. My blood pressure just... Me, me and Meg love paper straws. Why? Like, okay. so anyway. And then break and then you can't suck through them. Is that why you like them? Well, <laughs> no, we, we like, we love the I'm taste of, uh, you know, when you're, when you're having like a Tootsie Roll or something like a Tootsie Roll pop or something like that. And then you get towards the end and you're like, there's flakes of paper coming off in your mouth. I mean, I, I love having a, a nice adult beverage with that coming up into my mouth as well. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's like pulp, you yeah. know, it, it adds but like culture, but flavor. Yeah. Um, so I would have to go with uh, my, so the Adidas products that we have been going with lately. I was going to say my Atlantis headwear, but we have another headwear person on here. So I will be respectful of his niche. But uh, so, did. yeah, all the Adidas stuff. I know. Very respectful. <laughs> You're shameless, Meg. You really are. I am so shameless. I'm like, so shameless. Yeah, right now, everything that we that see. She, she wears in her hype videos, and you're just super shameless. All right. Hey, it's, um, all, it's all, you know, got to wear both hats. Stephen, what's your favorite? Uh, Glencore still. Oh, you said, oh, my bad. You're right. <laughs> it's okay. Glencore, did you? I don't think you did. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, this one's a hard one for me, so thanks for that. But I'm going to go with Royal Apparel 100 100% organic t-shirts that they yeah. put out. They're my favorite. They're well-made. There's even a high content of American-grown organic cotton in there. I don't think it's 100% oh, anymore um, because the supply is a bit low. Um, but yeah, they are an amazing company. I love working with them. 
Very good. All right. So my question then, uh, in lines with sustainability, what is the, what is the biggest thing that ends up in the brand fill? Like what's the thing that needs to change the most in our industry? Was it really plastic straws? Uh, probably tech products would be my guess. Tech products. Okay. Uh, Wait, is there an actual answer that we know, or are we are we guessing? I don't think I've fire? ever used and an her, entire your opinion. And I, oh. I mean, Glencore is going to tell us the truth. Like, it's <laughs> I'm sure whatever she says is what's going to be needed to change. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. she's she's the boss. <laughs> kind of like the boss. Quantity wise, like quantity wise, I, my guess would be plastic bottles. Um, but I don't. Yep. Yeah, anyway, so right. I mean, it's you, like on tech on tech Good products though, like there's a lot of people don't want to use the tech products that are given away in this space because like they don't know if the quality is good enough to plug into their computers, and so there might be like glitches and that kind of thing and they often don't put enough storage on them because to buy the two gigs is really cheap but then you can't put very much on things i mean the really good tech products they're pretty expensive so they're you know you have to align them appropriately with the right campaign um i i don't know and and then there's like composites right so there's plastics there's metals there's little bits and bobs all that's very technical information bits and bobs inside so recyclability you know that's a big question mark i mean you can recycle your electronics but where do they go and do they really get recycled i don't know it's that one's a, that's a really good point actually because i've never really had an issue with a flash drive that i've been given but i, I know i've had like i've been given cords and things like that that is just they, they plug them in they don't even work sometimes mm -hmm. Exactly. So I, I would just, if you're doing tech products, spend the extra money, work with a vendor that's like working in a really good factory and got some really good um, materials there. Interesting. Meg? I would say that I hate, I hate even like shaming anybody because we all are in the tchotchke industry, but I really feel like the, the cheap stuff that didn't have a purpose, like someone just bought it because they needed to put their name on something to give it away. I think that's, that's, I mean, I don't, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, but I feel like there should be a purpose. If it doesn't have a purpose, then, I mean, I see those posts sometimes and it's like, does anyone know what this even is? And it's like our, our town mayor sent these to everybody and everyone's Googling it and nobody, nobody knows. That's like the hand clappers, or the fidget spinners, or I was just yeah, gonna say fidget spinner. Like what, what happened to the eighty-seven million fidget spinners that sold in two thousand? I know. I don't even want to think about it. I know. Where are they? Where are they now? Because I have not seen a fidget spinner in five years, probably. Like what happened to all of them? I know. I know. Yeah, fads are so dangerous. People want them, and then they don't want them. They're for for our waste industry. They're very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Stephen, what do you think yours is? Oh, wait, we already asked him. Never mind. Yes, Doug, it's <laughs> Glencora now. Yeah, I thought this was like, what do we think is the like biggest waste? Like not mine personally. Is that what we were doing? No, just like your, oh, okay, okay, your, good. your like, opinion. <laughs> like what is the thing that needs to needs to go? Uh, okay, good. I'll stick with my answer. All right, fair enough. Wow, Meg. Meg, you're dead to me. <laughs> Your hair looks like hot trash and you're no longer shiny. You're just very, you're dead to me. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? We sell sustainable hats too. And we're four pillar CDEX audited. And we use skylights in our warehouse and we recycle everything. And we've reduced the amount of catalogs that we, uh, that we print. 
Well, so, we've eliminated them. So. Stop the catalogs. Put yeah, it online. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Nobody no. needs them. Nobody wants them. We used to print like I wouldn't say nobody. There are people that actually want them, but true. Very very small amount. Very very small amount. All right, um, Glencore, did you ask a question? I don't think uh, you did. I didn't. Uh, what's your favorite type of candy? Ooh. I like raisins, and apparently my coworker told me that's what old people like. Did you just say raisins? Candy Meg. Raisins. Reason. Reasons. Reasons. What the hell what is reasons? <laughs> so it's only a Canadian. I don't know that candy. I'm American and I don't know that candy. Reasons. They're like R E I S E N. There's like a dark chocolate with like caramel on the inside. Mm. All right. I guess I'm old. <laughs> Definitely. Delicious. Uh, Next Show time I'm in Vegas, I'll look oh, for them. I'll bring you all some you and you will find thank them. Me. You I don't <laughs> What the hell are reasons? All right, uh, Stephen, you said Kit Kat. Uh, I'll just Kit -Kat. interpret or in, in, interpret for you uh, since the mic. <laughs> yeah, um, man, I, you know what? I this is a hard question for All me. Right, it's rapid fire, Jeff. I actually do enjoy uh, some candy. Um, you know what? I'll just go with something like uh, like now and later's or Mamba, something like that. You know, like a great choice, Glencore. What's yours? Now and later's, I don't know what those are. Mambas, I don't know what those are. My gosh. Wow. Um, <laughs> Wait, Glencore, you guys have that like weird Canadian thing that I know Bill Petrie can't say, right? It's the, those it's, ones? What, no, it's like a Mark Graham and he always tries to get us to say it. And it's like, Bill Petrie, where are you? You know what this is. It's like a weird like trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I think that was spot on. <laughs> Anyways, Sorry, my favorite nibs, classic. I love nibs. Yeah. Oh, like the um, licorice nibs? Yeah. Cherry. Half or the cherry. sweetest berries. Oh, love those. Okay. All right. All right. This conversation could go on. I know. I love food. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was amazing. I loved it. And I don't have anything else. Jeff, do you have anything else? Probably. Did you always uh, have a lot? No, I think I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm surprised when Cora didn't say, um, what's the, uh, the, the Gravy covered French fries, like isn't that candy for you guys? Oh, poutine. Poutine. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't say poutine. Yeah, well, it's not candy. Uh, well, it is for it is for the Canadians, for, for our for our friends up north. That's definitely candy. Wait, you don't think the Canadians know the difference between savory and sweet? I mean, well, I can tell that you're a sweetheart, Jeff. So, are you trying to say are you trying to say candy can't be can't be savory? Uh, that would definitely be a part of my candy statement. Have you never had like salted chocolate? I have had salted chocolate, but it's more sweet than savory. Mm. Salt, it's savory and salty. The only other can, the only candy I know that's savory is like Dutch licorice, like the real stuff. That's like chugging a ocean. Chugging <laughs> an ocean. Fair enough. All right. Well, okay. I think that Amazing. about does it. <laughs> <laughs> amazing this is a great episode <laughs> it was a great episode it's just too bad that it didn't go live to promo corner um you know that's completely my fault we'll have to get that fixed uh, immediately after this broadcast but uh listen hopefully you guys got some great stuff out of this one uh again just want to remind you brought to you today by turvis uh, been around since 1946 and celebrating 75 years in business and they started with their classic line uh, they've got sleek styles that make perfect for the active and on-the-go lifestyle. Turvis is the original double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps your cold drinks cold and reduces condensation in the back by a made-for-life guarantee. 
Uh, Tervis is the original uh, customizable double wall insulated drinkware that keeps your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold. Available in several sizes, including a 16 ounce mug, a 16 or 24 ounce tumbler and a 24 ounce water bottle. They're made from Triton plastic, made in America. They are lifetime uh, warranty, dishwasher safe and microwave safe. They're also BPA free. So go check them out at tervispromos.com. Support them for your sustainability needs and everything they're doing sustainable. Uh, and with that being said, I really appreciate it. Glencore, uh, you are a, a fountain of knowledge and I appreciate you being on to share uh, a few nuggets of information with us. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, anytime. All right, guys, that about wraps it up. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.